wait, let me stop the video because it's only sound, right? <laughs> it's, I can, do you, no, I'm doing a, it'll be easier to, okay. You want to just do sound, is it, Anushka? I thought that's what we were doing. No, I'll, I'll like record. a podcast like that people listen to, where they, yeah, I, I, I do it like the video and then I convert it to sound with Premiere Pro. Ah, but is my face going to be in the video that you, is like, is like are you going to share a video? You know what, it's, yeah, it's fine. If you don't want the video, I can just put like an image and then I just put the audio on. So it's fine. Oh yeah, please do that because I'm like not made up and I haven't slept. So I'm starting the video just for like the conversation, but please don't show this to anyone. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Don't share this. To, you mean you you don't want? Like to... then don't show my face in the podcast. Oh right. Okay. Like just the sound. I didn't sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you look good though. Look no. at that boy. <laughs> well, no, I'd look better if I had slept and and with makeup on. Like like I look rough. But there we go. Okay, this is me. God, it was bloody. How did you find the heckler's night? <laughs> oh, it was actually fun. That guy, what was his name? Garou? Yeah. But was he, cause he wasn't part of, he was like just a friend of yours, right? Or who was he? He's not, well, no, he, uh, so for the first heckler's night, I put it on and okay. he came in and he's a friend with one of the other comedians, oh, okay. uh, Juliana, a Malaysian comic. And okay. so he, he likes this show. So he comes all the time. Entertaining. I thought he was funny. <laughs> it was okay. Oh, but, it was uh, no, I didn't know you um, that you had. I just remember that you had gone to the Lecoq School and all of that. That what was it? No, the Philippe Gaulier. We. Oui. Uh, I'm like saying it with a British accent. That Lecoq, Lecoq, Jacques Lecoq. Mm. <laughs> rooster, the rooster. Yeah, so. And now. Uh, you know what's, Do you know a lot about both of the schools or just one of them or? Um, well, I know more about the Jacques Lecoq School because my teacher at Lambda, the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art, he went, he went to Lecoq, uh, my uh, clown and mask uh, teacher. Mark, he did Lecoq, so I know more that technique because that's, uh -huh. what, that's what he taught, so I know that. But I'm not, I'm not really familiar with the Philippe Gaulier one, actually. What's the difference? Well, no, well, Philippe Gaulier was one of his students, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's a bit, do you know Gordon Ramsay? Yeah. Well, he was a student of Marco Pierre White. And okay. Marco Pierre White was like the first big celebrity chef in the UK. Yeah. And so he learned from him. And then he, um, then he, um, what's it called? Then he went and became a chef on his own. And it's, it's a lot, it's a thing in a way. Gordon Ramsay says this as well. I listened to a podcast with him and mm -hmm. Frank Warren. And he says that with all the chefs that he has coming up, what he does is he teaches them a bit. And he expects you want after a certain point to leave and go away to yeah. become your own man. Well, there's a French saying that says, um, l'élève dépasse le maître. The, the student trespasses the master, like he becomes better than the master, you know? Ah. You don't know that saying? Yeah. Yes, yes. No, no. They say that each, each, good, um, each good student becomes better than the master. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like that's, yeah, I guess that's, what it tries to convey the idea of like yeah the you like the master is good but then yeah if you're a good teacher then the, the student can get become even better than you with talent and craft you know yeah hmm. it's 
And what I, what I can tell you about the Goalie School is that I think the cock's more technical and it's more based on how you move. Whilst I think with goal, I don't, I haven't done it. I don't know it fully because it was a bit half finished in a way when you saw me in France. Okay. I didn't get to do the, the full first year. I missed out on the third term. Mm. So I'll do it next year. And then I can sort of give a full view. So are you going to do your third term in September then? No, no, no. In, in next year, in, in June. In oh. June. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then you'll have your, your diploma, your degree. Yeah. Uh, sort of. And then I'm, I might do the second year. But I, I did ask them and they said no. But I mean, maybe it's because I've not finished the third the third term yet, I think. But you never know. I, I'm, I'm someone that's a bit of a Marmite individual. People either like me or they can't stand me. That's, <laughs> that's always good. At least, you know, you, there's opinions. It's not, you're not just neutral. You know, it's better to, to have people hate you or love you than just whatever. <laughs> Well, it's a bit like um, Floyd Mayweather with all his fights. People either love him or they hate him and they want to see him get beat. So at least if someone hates you enough, maybe they're watching your rubbish and giving you a comment. I love watching him. Uh, he's a great like, fighter. Uh, yeah. Because I used to live in LA and it was a big thing over there. Like everyone, it was like a, an event watching him, you know. Oh, so that's where the American accent comes from. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all the UFC stuff, and uh, it's, it's it's huge in California. Everyone watch all the, watches all the fights and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What what brought you back to, but what brought you to the UK as a whole? Well, it's uh, my family lives here. Actually. Mother, brother, grandparents, all my dad's family is in London. And um, well, to be totally honest, after three years and a half, my dad got. Ew, he's better now, but I was like not comfortable with being 12 hour flight away. So I came here and, um, and now that he's better, I'm thinking of maybe going back <laughs> to LA. We'll see. Um, I got um, an appointment with a, well, like, I did a consultation um, with a lawyer to get an, uh, a green card. Hmm. I had an O1 when I went there and then I won visa as an actress. And it was good, but quite limiting because there's like a few few companies that won't work with people um, who are only yeah, only have the visa. And there's a few jobs that I can get. Like I had I had booked an NBC Universal job, and then eventually they said, "Oh, sorry, we just realized you're on an R1. We we can't work with R1s. We only work with green card holders or people who have the visa from Universal, NBC Universal." So I thought if I'm going back, I'd better get a green card because I don't want to be limited what i can do is that is that where you feel home is you'd much rather be in la than no 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 home is paris i grew up in paris but if you could choose a place to stay where would you stay la yeah so what what is it about i mean la is beautiful year round i mean i've got relatives over there which it's amazing but from your side what makes you be like C'est la vie. C'est très bien. Oh my god, I just stared up and there's a dead spider on my <laughs> ceiling. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm going to have to deal with that later. <laughs> there's a dead spider <laughs> on the ceiling right, right now. <laughs> I looked up and was like, okay. 
Is it just hanging there dead, or what is it doing? C'est magnifique. Okay. <laughs> it's what? C'est magnifique. Magnifique? No, it's not magnifique at all right now. It's like, uh, <laughs> dreadful looking. I don't want to uh, stare at it longer. Okay, let's focus on, on you, Marvin. It's a better sight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you haven't seen me when I wake up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, at this point, anything better than a spider, I think, right? I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, what was I saying? No, so the thing is, when I was in LA, I felt like I was out of my comfort zone. And I was doing more. I was, like, pushing myself more than I would. Because, like, you know, when you're with your family, you're like, oh, it's chill, whatever. And it, my dad just lives, like, I, I can actually see his uh, house from, from my window, like, He's oh. that type of Iranian dad. He likes to have everyone around him, you know? <laughs> so oh, okay. I live 20 meters away from him. My brother is like 50 meters. His sister is uh, 50 meters away as well. We're all like the Iranian crew in Little Venice, you know? But um, no, it's, it's fine. It's just that uh, it's, it's a different um, energy when, when you're close to your family than when you're alone out there and trying to like, you know, make things happen. I feel like I have more impetus um, when I'm not near my family which is weird uh i feel like i i, I can fly on in my with my own wings okay yeah yeah i feel that as well i like i liked being in paris i i, I you know when when things settle down i'll probably go back there oh yeah um it was funny meeting you at that gig but oh, yeah, it was, it, right? It was, straight, it was an entertaining one. I mean, the first time you see me, I get pied in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, what is that about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I didn't, I didn't realize that you were from England. So it was, it was nice to, to see you in Paris and then do these online gigs, you know, and, and then seeing you in, in London, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Funny. So... Are you planning to gig a lot on the French and the London circuit on both sides? Yeah, like, um, so what's weird is that I, um, I, I think I started to get used to performing in English because I've done like 150 gigs in English. And so when I go to Paris, I actually look for English speaking gigs <laughs> rather than French. Um, just because I feel like I would need to spend a lot of time in Paris, like gigging in French for six months or whatever, to feel as comfortable as I do gigging in English. I feel like I found my rhythm um, in English and I haven't, I, I just haven't, um, I've only done like five gigs in French. So it's just about finding my persona in French as well. So that would be an extra work, which I, I want to do actually, but um, I want to, I want to kind of get to, my a half an hour gig in English because I'm, I'm writing towards that. I was supposed to do the Edinburgh Festival, but it's not happening anymore, as you know. And um, but I still am writing towards that. Like in August, I want to have a solid 30 minutes. So when that's done, I'm thinking then maybe because the thing is, you can't translate material. It doesn't um, it doesn't land as well. Uh, like to, all the double meanings that you have in English, then you, have, you would have to find an equivalent in French. So. I was thinking, do I translate or, or do I write new material for a French, a French show? Mm. And I think it would, I, so what I came up with is take the same theme concept and write it in French, but from scratch, not trying to translate. 
because then you're trying to find the funny you know in the same places that you have in english but it doesn't work like that like you can't translate it that way i think i have to write it from scratch in french and find and find the funny moments and and play on words or you know expressions in french directly than trying to find an equivalent you know tu parles français <laughs> bah oui je parle français no and and what's funny is that i also so for the five gigs i did in french I wrote stuff in French um, that worked. So that was encouraging, but same thing. I can't translate them to English either. It doesn't just, I think if you're bilingual and you know all the nuances, you know, you can't translate. Like it's, you can, you can translate to, to, um, to a level that, okay, it could, you, I don't know. I think it's funnier if you just go from scratch. Because some people, you know, they think they know what they're saying and, and, and the English pe people who think they can speak French and <laughs> it just doesn't mean the same thing when you actually know the expression in French, you know? So you have to really know all the nuances. And I, mm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, like, I lived in both cultures. I'm, I'm, I think, one of the most bilingual people I know. So if I can't do that, I don't know who will, you know what I mean? Like, so I tried and... Um, Sometimes I find stuff that also work in French and vice versa, but sometimes I don't. So I think it's just better to just go from scratch. Mm. Yeah. Or study Eddie Izzard. <laughs> I love Eddie Izzard. I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl when I lived in LA. It was amazing. I was laughing my head off for the whole, like, whole show. He's amazing. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think jokes that are like puns or like, you know, clever wordplay or one-liners won't work well, but I think maybe exaggeration jokes could work quite well, or stream yeah. of consciousness could work well in different languages. And that's why I think he's quite successful. Yeah, exactly. If you do lists, that would work. But yeah, yeah, for sure that would work. Or like something that's like so culturally um, uh, ingrained, like it wouldn't, like if it's, because a lot of the French um, comedians are very social, political, so if you don't follow the current affairs, you're not going to laugh, you know? So it's just knowing, knowing the French culture and references. Um, and it's similarly to if you watch an English comedian and if he talks a lot about like English references, shows that of when we grew up, like teenager stuff, stuff from the 90s. I grew up in France, so there's a lot of references that I don't get sometimes. But then I would, you know, I, uh, then I Google that I know what they're talking about. But I feel like, yeah, it's very cultural. So wherever you gig, you have to kind of find references that, you know, the mainstream audience would, would understand. So I think, yeah, I think that's one thing I found because I gigged in LA, New York, Chicago, and Paris mm -hmm. and London. Everyone's all doing too many references to their to their area. Not many of them are sort of, they're, they're all the focused. They use too many references to where they're, they're living or staying. Mm -hmm. Not what I really liked is when Whoopi Goldberg came, she, I saw her at the Apollo and it was amazing because she, you saw that she adapted her show to the British audience because she did a whole set like imitating the queen. Um, nah, that was hilarious. And then she would, you know, do, do a whole bit about like what are um, quids, you know, versus pounds, like what's the difference between a quid and a pound? You know, that, that was very smart. I thought, um, 
I think she got help from a British comedian. I can't remember her name, but she thanked her at the end. And I thought that was smart. And actually there was a Q&A at the end of the session. And there was an Asian um, man who asked, what can I do to, okay, she was so mean though, because he, he had a thick accent. And, he, and so his question was, what can I do to, you know, um, attract a more international audience? Well, first she said, uh, take addiction classes, <laughs> you know, had a thick accent. And then she was like, and learn about the culture of where you are performing. So be, be specific and, and yeah. Um, choose something that people would, would understand and appreciate. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this in French. My French is pretty bad. You know what? My French has only got better. Are you gonna edit this because I'm just waffling off talking to you, but I edit some stuff, no? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I've I'll, I'll be honest. I probably uh, maybe bits here and there, but with, with regards to podcast as a whole, they don't last that long. About an hour and a bit. Okay. I'm leave it as it is. But still, like, because sometimes my, my stream of consciousness is not concise enough, so I kind of, I'm scared of repeating myself. But it's okay. Because <laughs> I haven't prepared this, I'm just... Well, as, as long as you're, it's, well, I mean, what's worse? Do you want someone who's boring as F, or do you want someone that's themselves and in, interesting? Okay, well, second, the latter. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's been interesting so far, so... <laughs> Okay. It would be funny though to see a podcast a bit like CNN and say like, you know, like they you seen you seen them breakfast news they're very. Yeah, that's true. Man, sorry, you were gonna say something in French. Yes, I was gonna say something in French. Okay. Um, you know, let me know what you think of it. Okay. Oh, it's cut off. Oh. That, for instance, you can edit out. <laughs> a bit cut off. Qui est le meilleur homme français, anglais ou américain? Quoi? Qui est le meilleur homme français, anglais ou américain? Qui est le meilleur homme français, anglais ou américain? Oui. Rien dire, Marvin. <laughs> Who is the best French, English, or American man? No, is no, that, no, no. Is that what you Who, who is? Wait a second. Fine. No, that wasn't what I was trying to say. Okay, so reverse. <laughs> the well. Don't do Google Translate. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was um, reverse. So. Well, that's worse. anglais ou américain? So tell me in English what you wanted to say. Who is better looking, French? <laughs> American or English men? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So he and also okay. You uh, this would be the translation. Um, qui sont les plus beaux hommes par entre? Alors, qui sont les plus beaux hommes? Les Français, les Américains ou les Anglais? And the French is my answer. <laughs> oh, that was Pourquoi? an easy question. For sure, the French are the hottest men around. Pourquoi? I don't know, man. Do you know what's crazy? Okay, listen to this. I'm in LA, right? 12-hour uh, flight. And, and <laughs> I go to this club, okay? There's one guy that I like out of all of them. Guess where he's from? 
fucking French. Like, it's weird. Like, even when I'm not in France, wherever I am, I'm attracted to the French. I, I thought you why. I thought you liked the builder's crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was a joke. But yeah, that could work. If he's a French builder, ooh, even better. No, I love Italians and French, to be honest. Those, those are oh. I love Italians. What about the English? You don't like the English? I have, ah. Uh, they're not sensual enough. Well, you don't like the builder accent, or oh, they love looking quite oh, nice. Oh, what, mate, what are you talking about, yeah? <laughs> I can't, I, oi, I'm a wanker. You like wankers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I'm joking, of course. There's hot men everywhere, but I'm just thinking, like, the people, I guess, it, it comes back to what I was telling you. And then it if you're just talking physically, then, it, okay. Let me think. Even physically, do the French? Because I was just saying, I was just gonna say, like, um, then it also, okay, who do you get along with? And that's another question. And it comes back to the references and the humor. You can laugh up the same things if you know the same references. It's easier to to banter, you know, than if then like if I were to meet someone uh, from I don't know New Zealand. I've only been there once, but I don't know the the culture, so. I wouldn't laugh at stuff that <laughs> they refer to, you know? Hmm. Um, but I can get along with Americans and British. I'm, quite, I'm very international, so I, get, I, get, I adapt myself a lot, but I, uh, it's true that I, uh, I guess it's important to, you know, people, if you've had the same education, same background, you just know the same thing. It's just, you feel familiar and it's just nice. Hmm. Yeah. Combien de long pouvez-vous parler? Cinq. Oh, um. Quelles sont-elles? Is that what you're trying to ask? Yes, <laughs> yes. Quelles <laughs> 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 sont-elles? <laughs> um, well, uh, Farsi, because my dad's Iranian, and Spanish and Italian, on top of French and English, with which I think we all gathered, I speak, but yeah. Oh. Uh, wait a second. Couramment. Yeah, moi. Oh, c'est bien. Yeah, très bien. <laughs> yeah, I speak. Okay, so the I speak uh, fluently. Uh, um, I'd say almost fluently. Uh, Italian because I, I speak it very very well also I dated a few Italians so that, and and a lot of them didn't speak a word of English so I had to speak Italian the whole time oh so that made me practice <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not joking like last year I was, I was an Italian guy for six months and the dude we met in London at a seminar a Tony Robbins seminar and um, he was so happy when he saw that I spoke Italian because he started speaking to me in, in English and he had like a thick Italian accent. I was like, are you Italian? He goes, I was, no, I actually, I answered to him directly in Italian. I was like, I can speak Italian if that helps. He goes, oh, thank God, I, I can't speak a word of English. Da, da, da. So it was really helpful for him. And then, um, yeah, so then we just spoke Italian the whole time. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really, but same thing. It's like, he was making me listen to music. So I, I had no idea, like, if they were popular or not, 
you know, songs and stuff. And it's just, it's hard to date someone who's not from your culture. Uh, anyway, but, and so that didn't work out. But <laughs> no, and Farsi, I speak very well, just also because my grandmother doesn't speak a word of English. So I learned with her to speak Farsi. Um, and Spanish, I, um, I was in boarding school with a girl who was from Mexico. She came to this boarding school to, to learn English, but so I spoke a lot of Spanish with her. Uh, so I, I learned as well some, some Mexican uh, expressions. No mames güey, stuff like that. And, and stuff they do with their fingers to say yes, they point their fingers like, si, 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 like that. So I learned, I learned Mexican stuff too. <laughs> cool. Um... I feel like I'm bragging, but I'm, you know, I'm just like, this is my truth, that this is what happened in my life. That's it. Like, so, so, um, so with the Italian guy, le accent vous fait aller. What did you try to say? <laughs> I, these are tr hilarious translations. Please keep that, keep, keep those in. What are you trying to say? Um, does the accent get you going? <laughs> <laughs> How did they translate that? Le accent vous fait aller. That is crazy. Like, that's pathetic how far it is from what it should be. No, c'est est-ce que l'accent vous excite? Oh, accent vous excite. Est-ce que l'accent vous excite? Um, they, the what? Which accent? Italian accent. We. Oui. Um. Yeah. 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 It's cute. Yeah. Let me go. But then, but then, you know what I was thinking? I was like, "Fuck! What if I were to go to a show in English and he can't understand shit, and I can't even share with him what I like, what I don't like?" And I, and I thought, okay, no, I can't. I can't do that. I need to be able to share my thoughts because I'm quite cerebral. I mean, at some point, you know, if you're gonna spend time with someone. It's also nice that they understand the, the language of the shows you watch. Mm. Yeah. So that's an interesting story. So you met him at a Tony Robbins yeah. conference. It's funny because yeah. I, I get the feeling that some of the people in there probably took as much out of it as he did if he didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had translators. Uh, God willing, better than your reverso. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> they had translators. There was twelve thousand people there at the Excel court, so each they mm. all had like ear um, ear sets and and translators for all the professionals. I, I think with a lot of these fields, there's a big mistake with a lot of them. Like people go into them and they think that all their problems are going to be solved like that, like whether it be dating agencies or whether it be motivational things or marketing things. Yeah. They go in, they they believe in Harry Potter magic and they're gonna get what they asked for. It doesn't work like well, that. It's also good to go in with that mindset because then the more you, you're positive about it, then the more you get out of it. Because if you think you're not gonna get anything out of it, then might as well not do it. It's no. like you put your hopes in there. Like honestly, to, like after Tony Robbins, uh, that propelled me to do four to five gigs a week, which I wasn't doing before. Because one of his um, you know, uh, advice was, to do massive action. And so that was really helpful for me in my um, experience. Like, as in, after that, I just felt like I could do so much more. 
but I know what you mean. It's not like it doesn't fix everything. And plus a lot of it is like temporary because you felt the boost of it, like, you know, for a month after the seminar, you're all like, wow, yeah, I could do everything. And then it, you know, it days off after a few months or whatever. So you just need a little reminder each time or do seminars again or whatever helps you. Um, but no, I must say, Tony Robbins was very um, important in my life. Oh, good, good. Yeah. No, it's just that because there's a, you've seen some of the adverts you see online. There's so many of them, yeah. like ad, on this and that. And there's loads of people that go to his concerts and that. And I know mm -hmm. someone who's been to a lot of his concerts. He's he spends like twenty thousand, and like he doesn't he doesn't seem 20, to twenty thousand for a Tony Robbins seminar. Yeah, he went all the way oh, to Miami. Cost, huh? He went all the way to Miami. Oh, okay, so he did the other one. The okay, because there's different. Um, Courses. I did the Unleash the Power Within. Well, it was still a substantial amount of money, but nowhere close to that. It was like seven hundred dollars because I got a friend who got a price for me, so that was cool. But it was so worth it because I saw the money triple in my account after all the jobs that I booked after that. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I, no. I'm very skeptical of, of a lot of lot of them. It's because I've seen a lot of examples of people that go in. I, I think people go in there with the wrong mindset. I know it does help people, but I'm saying that I know someone who's spent the 10,000 one and he keeps going to the same one, but he's not changed. No, that's dumb. That's like, you know... Um, that's what I'm getting at, yes. What's the quote? Uh, yeah, it's like, ex lunacy is expecting a different result, doing the same thing all the time. Um, oh my God, I, I, uh, what's his name? The quote of this guy. Is it? Who says that? I need to Google this. I know the guy. I, ah, is it oh, Oscar Wilde? No, it's not. Anyway, there's an author uh, that says, yeah, like uh, craziness is when you when you expect different results from the same actions. Yeah. Dude, you Say, don't know what I'm talking about. Oh my God! Can you Albert Einstein. Say oh. Albert Einstein. Say Albert Einstein. Einstein, thank you. I thought because I didn't want to say bullshit. I said wild. Am I crazy? No, not wild at all. Um, Einstein, thank you. <laughs> I thought it wasn't wild. <laughs> Einstein, because I know a lot. Of, I like also a lot of quotes from from wild. So that's why I messed I mixed them up. But no, 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 not, nothing to do with each other. Einstein, thank you. <laughs> but I think I think with I think. But you do a lot of these things. You study them. You gain a bit of them, and then you do a lot of your own your own study. Like you, and then because if you, ex you just expect that one thing to change, then that's not going to work. I think you've got to do your own study and learn yourself with things as well. On top of that, yeah, it's just tool. That he basically these people give you gives you they give you tools, and then you pick whatever works for you. Um, I mean, it was. Uh, helpful in what was helpful for me in the unleash the power within is like so we were at that seminar from 8 a.m to midnight and the amount of things that we did during that day made me realize how little i do in my daily life i was like shit there's so much we can do in a day and so that's what propelled me to do so much more after the seminar because um it made me realize the that we only use our time you know like five percent of our time in an efficient way or whatever and mm. um and that was a good tool for me to be like okay uh then you, you got to be pragmatic about it 
you see, okay, this is all you can do in one day, then it helps to organize yourself and um, like create a routine for yourself, basically. That was helpful for me. Did you learn dancing from it? <laughs> no. I learned dancing when my mom at three years old, three and a half years old, sent me to a ballet class against my will because she wanted to be a ballet dancer. So she thought, oh, my, let's make my daughter a ballet dancer. So I did ballet for 10 years. And then at like 13, I was like, screw that. I'm doing hip hop. <laughs> so no, I did ballet. Then no, I did ja jazz from 13 to 15. And then I did hip hop. Yeah, that's where I learned dancing, but but I want to say that I don't like. I I just feel like uh, dancing also comes from my dad. My dad's a very good dancer, so I don't oh. know. In the, in the, and my grandmother's a good dancer too, <laughs> from my Iranian family. Yeah. Oh, okay. What is he? Oh, I'm guessing. What is he? He was a quite. He's a quite charmer. He does a bit of the waltz, a bit of the salsa. Hello, lady. No, no, he's a good hip hop dancer, my dad. Oh. And he does like all these 70s dance, like dance moves, like disco moves. Uh, what else? He does, yeah, he, he does a few. He took salsa classes, I think, actually. We went to a hip hop class together. It was hilarious at Pineapple in London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard because there's one thing about, it's one thing to know, to be like a good dancer when you do your own moves, whatever. And then it's another thing to follow a choreography and follow the steps, da da da, and be on time with, with the steps. And I realized I'm better with just being a free dancer than a, a contrived dancer in a choreography. I mean, I can do it, of course. I've, I've danced in, in, in shows and stuff, but I, I prefer just doing my own moves and decide when I want to do what move, <laughs> rather mm. than being on a, on a timer. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you dance, Marvin? Uh, to be honest, like, you know, I mean, I, I'm effing that because I remember you doing that the, the Lady Gaga thing when you. Oh, yeah, that's true. I did that. Oh, yeah. During your show, I did that. Oh, my God. I forgot the crazy stuff I did. Yeah. Ra, 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 ha, ha, Hanukkah. Oh, Korea, Christmas. Yeah. I am the. No, I would be. I'll put. I've put a lot of people to shame in terms of my shit dancing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, it's. Uh, sh shall I put on. Shall I show you um, the, the heckler's night? <laughs> did, did you look back on it at all? Did, no, how can I look back? Was it live? I mean, yeah. was it. What did you show. Did you put it on the Facebook Live or something? Yeah. I didn't see it. I'll show you some of it now and we'll see what you think. Here we go. So, da, 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 da. so this is the program I use. Like, wait, I'm taking a screenshot of this. <laughs> <laughs> My God. So this is the video. Welcome to Heckler's. Hello. Yay. Um, yeah, so my name's Ify, um, and tonight Instant Laughs are bringing you a stand-up comedy show, but it's with a difference. We're not going to stop you. Other. I'm the your family. So. Okay, let's. Okay. So. You know, I need to be careful to what I wear. 
can see me properly, but okay, let's, okay. My parents are the best DJs, because <laughs> check this mix out, right? And then I'm putting this song, wait, and I'll tell you exactly where I'm from. Yahoo! Yeah. Right, right, it was like some Bollywood number, and then we're like, oh. French, 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 Iranian, Arashan. And Russian. Oh, uh, where did you learn to dance? <laughs> well, I can tell you she totally learned from the white side of her family. Because I'm gonna tell you, Iranians. Iranians can dance. That was totally French people dancing. That was that. That was, totally <laughs> that was a good hack. Even the Russians can dance. It was amazing. But the French no. Okay, dude. And so you can I'm see you can't do that. So clearly you did not learn from the Russian side. <laughs> Yahoo, you need him in all of your heckling shows. He's on, yeah. he's on, he's on next, he's on tomorrow. Yeah, kind of like this whole show so far. This is the shit I'm giving you. Listen, I'm French, Iranian, Russian, and I am not enough, okay? Like, all of Is your family, like, all refugees or something? <laughs> they are. All of us. We're all coming from Tehran, St. Petersburg, and uh, I grew up in Paris. Um, the worst thing is, I can't uh, even... Are you, are you half Russian? Or are you... My grandmother on my mom's side is, um, is Russian. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I have to say, your, your home so looks like it's furnished with uh, stolen Yeah, we should do a whole set on his own because all he does is, is like interrupting my set. I couldn't do my set because of him. I would have hoped you would have picked something better out of the cave. <laughs> Actually, the thing okay. is, some of us who aren't just Caucasian, our genealogy is the funniest thing about us. Oh, thank you. That's a good defense. He right. could be my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and you, 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 wanted to, you wanted to say a few things as well before you came. You said, um, Garou, it's in Edinburgh Fringe. And then you said, Marvin, and Marvin, what were you going to say? <laughs> oh, no, because he kept saying, he kept saying, Oh, I did that at the fringe, at the fringe, and he was hearing French, and, and then I was like, no, dude, he's saying fringe. <laughs> <laughs> the Edinburgh fringe. And I was like, that's a show. It, it, he was hearing French the whole time because he didn't know the word fringe, I suppose. I think so, yeah. And he was hearing French, and I was on mute, so I couldn't, I couldn't yell. I couldn't be like, yo, dude, he's saying fringe, not French. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was funny. But um, no, these heckling, oh my God. I had a crazy experience at the uh, uh, heckling stuff at the King Gong in uh, at the comedy store. Have you done oh, it? Yeah, a few times. Yeah, it's mental. Well, it was my first time there, and I I just started doing stand up, which is I didn't know it was gonna be that rough. Like, but I think it was also not a good thing that I just started out because um, I didn't have any expectations. I was like, just let's just try it, and I was doing well, and after two minutes. I say, yeah, I'm French Iranian. And then this guy yells, oh, you're sexy, you're sexy. And I didn't have a comeback for that. And, uh, I, and that's when I got uh, the cards coming up. And I was like, you asshole, I was doing so well. Could you just not, you know, shut up? And, um, and I just said, uh, 
yeah, no, there's more to that than just my looks. Okay. Just like, you know, and then, and then it just derailed me and I just couldn't get my train of thoughts back. And I didn't, I couldn't remember where I was in the, in my set. I was like, shit, what's the next thing? And then boom, I just blanked there for like five seconds. But now if I do it again, I'll know, I'll know how to come back. Uh, wait one second. I'm going like to translate I'll another word. I'll be Could back. You, you to know. I'll be back. <laughs> Que diriez-vous maintenant? <laughs> what would I say? Um, no, not specifically to that heckle, like, oh, you're sexy. I, I mean, but like hecklers in general, now I'm more comfortable with my stage persona. Like I know, I guess I'm better at improvising with the audience now because I, di I didn't do any crowd work uh, before. Now I do. So I feel like I could banter more with the audience uh, than when I did that, that gig. Um, so I'm sure I find something, whatever, like, you know, for that specific, you're sexy. I thought of a few things. I was like, oh, so I paid this guy, but he's a bit early. You know, I told him to do it at, after five minutes. So dude, uh, you know, check your stopwatch. Um, or like, or like, oh, let me check you out. Are you hot? Okay. Wait for me. Let's uh, figure this out after my set, but you know. Like, because I would, I would, I'm more confident now. Uh, okay. You know. So. You're sexy. <laughs> no, the worst part is he was he started it. Then there was ten other guys yelling that day, so it was four hundred oh. British, British drunk guys. I was the only girl. Like there was two, there was twenty eight guys, two girls, me and another Iranian girl. I don't know why the Iranian girls are like the underdogs of comedy, <laughs> but like. Yeah, 28 guys. So I just think they were very happy to see a girl and, and they couldn't just focus on my material. So, or, or I don't know. But um, <laughs> now I think I'll handle it better. I'm going to write another thing in French. So did you did you learn the did you learn the English language? Uh, did, how long did? Wait a second. La pire chose que j'ai souhaité un Américain se faire virer pour avoir dit qu'elle avait un petit ami. What does that mean? The worst thing you did was have your girlfriend get fired because she said she had an American boyfriend. No, it's. The worst thing I saw at the gong show was a woman said that she had a boyfriend and then she got gonged off. She was doing more and then she, had, she said she had the boyfriend and then they gonged off. Oh, shit. That's so misogynistic. That's the worst thing. Oh, la, la. So you have to pretend you're single your whole life when you're a comedian, basically. Yes, I think quite a few uh, comics do that. They, they say jokes about single, but they, they got someone already. Especially as a woman, you think, or even men do that? No, I think a few of them do that, but I... Even men? They I don't know single when they're not? I think... I don't, yeah, actually, no, what, what, how do you find the... What would you say, how do you find it as a woman in comedy? How do you find it as a whole? How do you think it's different to being a man? Um, you know what? It's been... People were quite helpful to me, like, especially in these, like, girl power nights that Kyle Wallace puts on. There's a few stuff, and I'm part of this group called uh, Fam of Color, so we kind of help each other out as women as well. Um, it's this group for like ethnic-looking girls, 
Um, so you kind of have to find a community. But in terms of performance and, and uh, the audience response, um, I feel like I've, have to, I've had to dress down uh, because when I started off, I was wearing like dresses and kind of looking cute. And then I tried wearing like more casual wear. And for some reason, I feel like people were listening more uh, rather than just, you know, wondering what a cute girl was doing on stage. So I don't know. I'm saying I'm cute. I'm allowed to say that. I think I'm cute. Anyway, <laughs> um, but no, it was, it, I guess your material has to be so much stronger than if you're just an, a guy, just because if you're a middle, like if you're in your mid forties and you're a white guy, then you have, you're better off than a, a you know, a, a young girl in her, in, being Middle Eastern. I feel like my material has to be so strong that people are going to go, uh, beyond the fact that I'm cute, you know, type of thing. You just have to be so good. Like, it's just, you, you got to prove yourself even more, you know? Does you it, can't just get away with a funny physique. Like, if, if you're like a, you know, like a guy who's just funny looking, and then, okay, that, 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 that's going to be easier for that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. rather, rather than if I have the same material looking like I do, it's going to be harder for people to, to identify themselves with me just because I'm not weird looking. I feel like some people that are weird looking have it easier. Uh, what, what, so do you, do you, have you had, I should be careful with what I say because maybe edit that out. I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Does it matter what anyone thinks? No, well, yeah, because, of course, I'm so bloody lucky to be good looking. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. So I shouldn't say, oh, I wish I were weird looking. No, I'm just saying um, it's great and it's an advantage. It's just, um, you, I feel like I'm, I'm working so hard for my material to be so good that people aren't going to think I'm just a pretty girl. You know what I mean? Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that sort of. It's one thing, yeah. I think, but it doesn't. We live in an age that's very sensitive now. Yeah. I think that our age is too sensitive. But I, I mean, you've not really said anything. All you've said is just trying to say your truth. So why would that offend anyone? You've not said anything about it being this and that. You've just said what you think. Yeah, well, that's true. I suppose. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna own up to my truth. <laughs> does it does it matter what anyone thinks? Like, it, I mean. If someone in the crowd looks at you, Anushka, and they're like, yo, who is this, like, French, like, a reigning girl on stage here? She shouldn't be there. But they're just an audience member who's not done comedy, and they they yeah. smell. They're 40 years old. Like, what are you going to... Does it matter? No, it doesn't. No. I mean, I just want my material to go through, and, and, and whatever I could... Whatever I want to say, I just want my messages to be conveyed in, in, in the best way possible. So I just work on my material uh, to make sure people know what I what I'm about and what I what I want to say. Mm. That's the main thing for me. I don't care what people think about what I look like or whatever. I just want my material to be heard. That's the main thing for me. Yeah, nice. So. <clears throat> So that's what you feel. You feel, you feel that um, in some ways audiences put like a barrier 
if you look a certain way. There's, there's, a, there's a pre-judged thing. Wait, can you refer? So what's your question exactly? Is, that, is it that if, if people judge you by the, way, by the way you present yourself? What was the question? You think that... Because I want to make sure I answer to the right question. Like, you know, like, like the... If an audience that they... You feel, do you feel that they judge? So you feel that audiences, yeah, they, they have a pre, pre, presumption when there's someone that's pretty, there's a pretty woman on stage. And so you have to fight a lot harder to get past that. There's like a little shield, like a glass. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm freaking Giselle Bunchen, but I, you know, I, <laughs> but I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I noticed. Cause once I was wearing like a really, like nice jumpsuit, I made myself look pretty. And I kind of felt like a distance with the audience compared to other times where I was just wearing jeans and sneakers and looking really casual. Cause I felt like people probably don't feel like, they don't feel as close to you if you're gonna look a certain way. Like if you're gonna be like super pretty, uh, if you're not famous, I mean, of course, when you get to a point where you can just just wear whatever you like and people listen to you, but to, at my level, I'm just, you know, starting out, you can't, I feel like I need to be low key. I can't just be like, yo, this is me wearing a mega cute dress. Uh, I don't give a shit. And then it's like, I guess some people roll like that, but I just, I just don't, I've, I've noticed the difference and I get more laughs when I'm dressed casual. Hmm. So I thought, okay, <laughs> the point of comedy is making people laugh and not, so I'm just going to be casual, you know, if that's what works. And, and, that's the point of, of everything, making people laugh. So there you go. What would you say is the point where you would stop doing if it made people laugh? <laughs> what? What's the point where you would stop it? What's, what, if, it if it gets a big laugh, what would you be your point where you'd be like, no, okay, I, that's a bit much? Mm, I've never had that happen to me. Like, what, do something so ridiculous that people laugh Despite you, or what, what, this, what, 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 I don't understand what you're trying to What, to what are your limits in what you do, do on stage to get oh. a big laugh? Oh. Uh, I never get naked. I mean, on stage, why would, that, that's useless. I mean, we're not doing porn. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I know a lot of guys play with like, Oh yeah, I'm taking my jeans off. Oh, I'm gonna be in my in my uh, uh, dit, uh, boxer and my sweat, my underpants or whatever, and and people laugh at that. Uh, I'm not about to put myself in my underwear for people to laugh, you know. <laughs> First of all, I think they won't laugh. <laughs> They'll probably be aroused. So no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, that was quite straightforward and to the point. I was, I was hoping you'd say something on a lesser degree. <laughs> what? I was hoping you'd say something on a lesser degree. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it's been, I mean, there's no, I, there's a, people, especially, I mean, guys, I feel like they're very helpful to girls. I don't know why they, they I mean, for me, I've been, I've been so, 
blessed be meeting really good good men who are like out there to help me out and just uh, uh, being really fair, you know? If you're good, you're good. If you're not good, whatever gender you are, like whatever, if you're material strong, girl, guy, whatever, it's your work that proves your, you know, your value. Just, just put your head down and write and work and perform and as much as you can. And girl, guy, whatever, it's your talent and your, your consistency that will show, you know, people what you, your, your worth is. And so you do a lot of acting as well. Yeah. Which, um, so what sort of, are you looking to be like Helen both and Carter? Sort of like combine the fields? Oh, I love her. Um, listen, you know what's funny is that I've, I've actually enjoyed doing stand-up so much lately. Like the fact that I can just go on and tell my, my stories and like whatever I want to defend has been so liberating rather than just waiting around for castings that I would correspond to. You know what's crazy? I feel like the stand-up has helped me book acting jobs because I was so like care carefree and like, okay, it's good if I book it or not. Because before I was probably too, um, you know, uh, dependent on, on this one part. Oh my God, I really wish I could get it. Da, da, da. Now I walk into, into castings where I, I send self-tapes in more of a like, carefree state and of course I do the work but I, I think the energy that I put behind it like the vibes come less from um, a desperate state just like okay if they like my work cool otherwise whatever it's just meant for someone else that's it and uh, and I've booked more jobs uh, <laughs> since I, I started stand-up do, do you have you found has um have you been able to get some work during the outbreak as a whole? Um, no, 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 I haven't. I, uh, well, online gigs, but that's not like, you know, acting jobs. But you mean acting jobs, right? Yeah. Um, no, I've got two, two, like, so I had three projects just before this outbreak. One got canceled, two are uh, postponed. And yeah, the two festivals got like, I was supposed to do Brighton. So Brighton now is going to be in uh, October. I'm doing that in Edinburgh next year. But no, I just bought myself um, some voiceover equipment from Rode. I bought the NT1 um, mic. And uh, so, cause, so yeah, my agency, actually I, I did two soft tips and, um, uh, and my voice agency uh, is going to book me on a job uh, well, he put me, he suggested me and he asked if I was available. And so now I'm trying to do like a home studio so I can do voiceover stuff because I do like audiobooks and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to do like a home studio, which is kind of, it's got to do everything as actors. It's insane. You got to do the editing that, you know, the, the, oh, I did. Yeah. Um, Deliveroo asked me to do a self tape for a commercial. So I had to self tape, like do, do all the actions and you would film from your place. Like you would be the director and the actor and the cinematographer, all of that. Um, I didn't book it, but yeah, they, I did castings for, for, should I have said the name? Anyway, whatever. Um, for that and another French car brand. Um, but so yeah, basically actors have to self, self shoot now. Because mm. of this Corona thing, you can't, you know, you can't go on a set. So companies are asking you to shoot from your place. 
Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah. What? No, no, I mean, it's, I mean, that, that's. <clears throat> like now they would give you a fee to like uh, lend your apartment basically to the, to the production. So you're being paid as an actor and also as a like location uh, provider. <laughs> Yeah, like a landlord, Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. So you're going to go on the London acting forums and like Airbnb your apartment and say, right, this is crazy. I should, dude. I, I, I mean, no, because that's the thing. It's like, uh, but then, oh yeah, because they needed, they needed a house with a French Porsche. Uh, so because they wanted, that was for the, can I say the brand again? No, I'm yeah. saying it, fucking hell, Deliveroo. Uh, so it's like you're, they needed someone to be able to have a, do a front door and look at the, the bag and then close it. So you needed like a proper, proper porch to book the job, basically. So now there's like requirements. Not only do you have to act, but you also have to live in the right place. Hmm. <clears throat> so... If if you were if you were to look, if you were to look at your if you spoke to your younger self, yeah, what advice would you give her now that you're in the position you are now, for all the things you like you're now doing all these adverts, Jenna Crow, and how would you? Uh, well, I'm gonna follow Tony Robbins' advice: unleash the power within, <laughs> and trust yourself, believe in yourself, and don't listen to your parents. <laughs> Because I, I, I've tried to make my parents proud my whole bloody life and nothing's going to do it. So it's like, you've got to do it for yourself and don't try to, you know, do things to make someone proud because then you're dependent. Your happiness is dependent on someone else's judgment and um, that's nefarious uh, for your health, uh, your mental health. Yeah, like I wish I, I just didn't care so much what my father would think of my choices because I did a lot like I, I studied communication and I was a journalist and I had to please my parents my mom was fine with me doing whatever I wanted she's she's um she's an, an actress herself um but my dad is in real estate he's Iranian and he there was no way in hell he was going to pay for my studies I, I asked him to study film studies he said nope and so I chose um I did politics and then communication so if I were younger I would tell myself, ditch the comfort zone that your parents are providing, struggle, do your own thing. Uh, because um, it was just so hard for me to, my dad did well. And, um, you know, he provided me with, with you know, um, a, good, a good life. And, uh, and having to say no to that good life for uncertainty, like you don't know where you're going to land uh, as an actress, and then you don't risk it because you're scared of losing that comfort. Well, let me tell you, that comfort didn't bring anything to me. I've had to ditch that comfort, go in bloody East London in basements, performing in, you know, different comedy clubs. Uh, like I'm sure people that I was in boarding school with don't even imagine what I'm doing because they would never do that. Uh, but yeah, so basically just ditch the comfort. <laughs> And what, what, um, so what, 
what so when you were younger what what led you to the you gave a bit of that there but what led you to the position you what made you be, decide to become to follow the performing arts from a young age i started taking acting classes when i was eight i always knew that's what i wanted to do and uh so my my parents were fine for you know paying classes for when i was younger but then when i was at 17 after high school when i got my diploma um, I told you I wanted to do that. And then he was like, no. And so what made me go back to it after so many years um, is, um, so when I was 25, 24, I was in Paris. Uh, that was after Lambda. I was working as a journalist. And then out of nowhere, my dad goes, oh, why wouldn't you go to LA for two months after showing him that I could actually learn and um, earn a living by myself as a journalist? Because I had like a few of my um, documentaries that, aired on um, MC's like a French TV channel and so after he was reassured he was like okay now that I can see you have a plan B uh try your plan A I was like well that's cool only I'm 25 and you gotta go to LA when you're bloody 10 years old because <laughs> all the girls that are auditioning now at my age they started 20 years ago whatever um but so yeah he was the one telling me to go there and uh and um, I had done commercials and, and TV series. So that, uh, and uh, I wrote, uh, at some, some directors wrote some uh, letters for me. So I was able to do the O-1 visa. And I got a production company who hired me for uh, a feature film. So I got the visa. And then the thing is, I always used to make people laugh when I was a kid. But then when you grow up, you kind of, you know, fit in the mold and, and you know, at some point kind of forget your childishness, I suppose. And then I went to Burning Man. And that was August 2018, September 2018. And there was this amazing breathwork um, coach, uh, Rob Starbuck, who lived in LA. And I owe, owe, him, owe him a lot. He was very... Um, incremental, is that a word? No, like, comment tu dis? Bon. very useful, I want to say, in, uh, the, in my acceptance of, um, of doing stand-up because he made us do some exercises. I know that sounded, it sounds a bit cryptic, but he made us do like some breathwork exercises and it was like a guided meditation. And so it was crazy. Like there was so many emotions going on and th that everyone is like crying, laughing, screaming. At the end of it, everyone's holding each other in their arms because it's like so cathartic it's like a therapy, you know, and it's like, <laughs> like a 20 year therapy in, a, in an hour session. Like, I don't know, but it just unlocked so many things for me. Cause one of his questions was during the guided meditation was like, so what did you want to do when you were a kid? And I just had me on stage making people laugh as an image of like a little me, like a five-year-old me doing accents and impersonations. Cause I started really young, like playing with my voice. And, um, and I remember doing shows to my mother when I was eight years old, I would go in her room and like, you know, for an hour, make her laugh. And so I, I remembered how much I enjoyed um, making people laugh when I was a kid. And then I was like, and then his question was, so what are you doing now? Does it reflect what you wanted to do as a kid? I'm not saying, of course, if you had like crazy dreams, oh, I want to be like a princess or whatever. But like, this was like one of a dream that was uh, possible for me to do as an adult, um, you could also be a princess, but you know what I mean? Uh, as in like, 
or you know, if, if you say you want to be an astronaut or whatever, when you're a kid, you probably forget that idea when you're young, uh, older. But, but for me, I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And uh, then I went, then I, when I got back to London, I joined an improv team. And lucky for me, there was this, um, this friend who, Jeff, uh, uh, voilà, from French It Up, he organizes um, stand-ups in French in London. And so mm. I asked him, I said, oh, can I do a five-minute set? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. So my first um, experience was uh, as a, as a five-minute set was um, at the French It Up Festival in front of like 100 people in French. And it went so well in London, yeah. It went so well that I thought, okay, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And I continued writing and I did a few other sets. And then after that, I did the Tony Robbins seminar. So I went from doing like one performance a, a week or whatever to five a week. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's kind of a, it was a long path for me to get to where I am, but I'm happy I, I got here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's it makes things more interesting going through a two and a four rather than like have it be a straight line it's a very boring thing if it's just all a straight line yeah i mean i often but coming back to your question earlier like what would you say to your your younger self and it's true that i often reminisce on the past and i'm like oh i should have done this should have done that and i'm like well gandhi says if it's something you can fix fix it, if not, forget about it. And it's not looking in the past that's gonna help you. So I'm like, okay, what can I do now? And uh, so that's what I'm focusing on. <laughs> what can I do now to make things happen rather than thinking, oh, the should haves. Um, and, and making other people responsible for your actions, you know? Like, it's like, oh, I wish my dad was more supportive. I wish he didn't, you know, um, derail me from, from my true passion. Because I don't know, I'm not a parent, but I suppose, you know, you have a 17-year-old kid who wants to act and, and you know how hard it is. Well, he doesn't know. He's in real estate. He has no idea. But anyways, you know, he, from hearsay. And I suppose, you know, he wanted to protect his child as any parent, as, as, as any good parent would. Um, and so instead of, of, of blaming him, uh i'm like okay this was his choice for me and now my blame i blame myself because i wasn't courageous enough to to say no to my father so i'm taking responsibility and now i'm like okay now i said no i'm like i've had enough with wanting to please him and then i'm like okay what do i want to do and 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 i'm taking responsibility now and um so when you take the blame for things, it's just easier in your mind because then you can go yeah. forward. Yes, it's, it's, that's, that's, a good, that's a good lesson. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. That's an awesome point. I think that's what a lot of people do. They blame that if someone's doing better than they say this and that or they focus negatively. Yeah, it's... I don't, yeah, we definitely... Um, this, my dad says that we, every generation has its thing. I think one thing about our generation is that I think it's we're too sensitive in yeah. this generation. People people get easily offended, and I think with a lot of things, it's the intent that matters, not what's being done. There are oh, certain things that. you can't forgive, though. There are certain things, but I think yeah, that you can't forgive. 
but it's how you deal with it that's important. Yeah. One, one other thing I want to ask you: How how have you been entertaining yourself during the lockdown? How have you not been like? How have you kept yourself busy? How have you worked during it? Oh, um, oh, I've done a lot, man. <laughs> uh, so it it was in phases. So at the beginning, I um, I. So I lost weight because I was like, okay, I'm going to use this moment because you know how all the time you have to be like super social, going to see friends and that. And if you don't eat, they give you shit. So I was like, okay, now I don't have to justify myself. If I want to go on a seven juice day cleanse, a seven uh, uh, day cleanse, I'll do it. No one's judging me. So I did that. I lost weight. And then I was like, oh. but then I want to learn how to cook and do like stuff that I don't have time to do usually. So then I put weight back on because I started doing waffles and <laughs> and my waffles are delicious. Okay. I didn't know I was such a good cook. So now I'm ready to be a desperate housewife. And, uh, like, and oh, I ordered an iron machine. I didn't have an iron. So now I know how to iron. And uh, so also coming to like comedy stuff, I, um, I participated in the classes, you know, you, were, you, did, those, you did those two, the angel, um, angel comedy classes, I did those. I also have a group with which I write, a group of girls uh, from the uh, FOC group, um, Femme of Color, so we meet up um, twice a week. And we, so um, Amanda Baker, who helps us, she's um, an, a, a great um, oh. comedy director, yeah. Oh, I know her. You know her? Yeah, she's great. Um, and so she gave us assignments. So each week we look at um, different comedians and we transcribe their sets and then we try to say their sets in their rhythm. Like we try to imitate them and then we say our own material uh, with their rhythm. Uh, so that helps us, you know, adventure with different types of, of delivery and, 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 and with our content, see how we can change it, how we can make it funnier with this rhythm or um and it, yeah that was quite cool because it, it some of the some of, uh, some of my content became funnier because i was taking like cat williams rhythm or then i would change it a, a line delivered in like a jerry seinfeld way worked so then you you kind of mix and match <laughs> uh, different comedians and how their rhythm would help uh, and then eventually the the, the goal would be to have your own rhythm, but then just being inspired by other people, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's just, it helps you find your own persona as well. Um, so I did that and uh, I did a lot of videos um, as well, funny videos. Uh, I did a, with a Persian, a Persian accent. I did one with the French accent. I joined TikTok. I joined Snapchat, stuff that I had never done before. I was like, okay, well, this is the time to do it. Um, so yeah, I've been keeping quite creative, um, coming up with new person, new characters. Um, I've been writing, writing a lot for, for the, cause I told you about how this Edinburgh show, I was supposed to have a half an hour ready for August. So I'm still doing that. Even if the Edinburgh show is not happening, I still want to have a half an hour, uh, set for August. Mm. So yeah, writing, watching a lot of Netflix specials. Uh, comedy specials. That's interesting. 
Um, what what would you would you be interested in doing a gig in a par car park with like the comedy store doing? Actually, are doing. In I South didn't know that they did, they did that. They're gonna do that in a comedy store, and Ashley is gonna do it as well. No way! In a car park. Something like that. Have a look through the Facebook group, or he's Ashley saying. Ashley just like wrote that. to me. Okay, I need to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I need to check it. Oh, also, I forgot to say, I've done all the online gigs, obviously, yours and Gordana's, and uh, I did Brooks. Um, uh, I'm gonna do Ashley's one uh, next week. Uh, yeah, doing a, a few gigs online just to, to try out material. But the, so the weird thing is like, people are muted, so you can only gather their reactions from the smiles, you know, that you see on the screen. <laughs> so it's just the weirdest thing, because. I, I, so the thing is, I want to have a, a half an hour set for August, but then from that half an hour, I don't know what really works for now because I, uh, I can only test them online, <laughs> which is complicated because I can't hear the laughs. Hmm. So I can only see, okay, they smiled there. Okay, this could be easy. Let's just keep that, you know. Hold on. So what you're not with the Zoom rooms you've been doing, people haven't been allowed to laugh and you can't see their here. Well, it's they mute them because otherwise it's too distracting. If you have like the dog, the baby, you're eating crisps or whatever, then you can't hear the person performing. So they ask people to mute themselves. There was one where half of the audience was unmuted. Um and yours, because it was like a heckler's night, so that was special. But like I did one on Wednesday with Kyle, the girls' power night, um, it was fun, but it was just because there's so many of us, you know, it's like 50 people watching from home, and then it's just too much mm. if everyone's on on uh, audio. Because you know how it's picked, so you can pin the video, but you know some people don't really know how Zoom works. So if you don't pin the video, then the video goes to whoever did the last sound or moved. So imagine the people who don't pin. They lose the performer and it goes to the person who just ate crisp or something you know what i mean it's a bit like it, it could work in a way if you have it like an open mic night where you have two people in the room watching people perform and then giving feedback at the end of the set yeah but it's not necessarily going to be a good show to watch for anyone else that's that uh, that's that's oh you mean if if there's only two people that you hear laugh or not laugh and the others are on mute yeah, just like a few of them, and then you do your set, and then they, they look at it, laugh, and they give a feedback at the end. But yeah. it just doesn't work as a show, though. I tried doing the Heckler's Night with one minute grace period uh, last week. It didn't yeah. work. It's just too wow. stale. There's not enough going on there to make it a show worth watching online. Like with a lot of Netflix specials, my dad what doesn't. What if the host pins the video of the performer? and unmutes just a few people so then even the people who are, are that we hear it doesn't pin on them because the host has pinned the performer so we just need a good host basically <laughs> uh the whole thing you could be the host <laughs> and throw your material in like some comedians do them. I, I i'm not I, i'm not technical enough i try but it's really hard um, man, I'm trying to do, I have to do everything. I write my own material. I act 
And then I have to do the bloody editing, the sound editing, the video editing. It's a whole job. Um, I'm one person here. <laughs> People no, have teams helping out. No, but you just be the MC, like, yeah. and you get someone else to do the other things. Yeah, okay. So, so Carl tried to do that. He tried to do the MCing and the technical stuff at the same time. But it, it, he, he just wrote an email after to everyone saying that that format didn't work. So he'll, he'll do... He'll do the emceeing and someone else will do the technical part. Because he was saying how whilst he was doing the emceeing, one of his cameras blew up, um, another stuff froze, the sound froze, and it was too much to deal with uh, in between acts, uh, all the technical side of stuff. So he said that next time he'll do the emceeing and then we'll have someone take care of the technical side of things. Mm. We'll get there. That's fine. We're, we'll figure it out. But your format is quite cool. I like the heckling bit. But I feel like maybe it would be good if people could just heckle at the end because otherwise we can't go through our set. It's not a good show to watch, though. It's not entertaining. No, it's not. So basically, for your, for your show, the point would be not to have like a, a specific five like, so yeah, you write your five minute set or whatever, and then you just go through however long you can. You, the aim is not to finish the set because clearly if you only have five minutes and you have people hackling for the most of it. You know. The fun of it is just watching comedians come back to the heckles. I think that's- the My evil. comebacks were quite good, no? It was- You're like, uh, <laughs> Let me have a think, let me- Oh, you don't remember? Yeah. No, uh, I would say some of, oh, the bit you said to Gary was quite interesting when you are saying about the planes, but I won't go into further detail what you said. Uh, uh, yeah, because he was saying about Malaysia, and what did I say? <laughs> I said, oh yeah, is that where you're going to find find the crashed plane? Yes. <laughs> and then, then um, you said something to Mark, and then you, yeah, you, you said some. Some of it was interesting. You you had a good interaction with Gary there. I thought there was a bit of flirting there. I think you you. you, you... Gary liked me, because <laughs> he like heckled me more than anyone else. So I don't know if that's love or hate. But anyway. <laughs> what was your What was your favorite heckle that you got when you were on? <laughs> um, he said, "Oh, do you know that's comedy? It's not genealogy or something like that." Yeah. Genealogy.com. And I liked how, how Gary defended me on that one. He said, well, if you're from a mixed background, your genealogy is part of the comedy. Because, of course, who said that? A middle-aged white guy. <laughs> Sorry. That's true. <laughs> it was, yeah. There, there, is a, there is a few... Um... But sometimes I'm too kind, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm scared. I, like... So, uh, yeah, the heckling and stuff, it's cool. But sometimes I, I just, uh, I wouldn't be good in a roasting battle. I'm too nice. I need to learn to be a bitch. Oh, I, th I, th I think, I think, dude, I think, I think you could surprise people. I have you know? a bitch potential. Yeah. No, I think, I think because of your demeanor, you could maybe, you know, charm people a bit, do all these uh, fun, easygoing, and then, you know, do a setup, saying a compliment. And then, boom, do a harsh compliment to get him off guard. Like, oh, I thought you were going to be... 
nice but then she turns out oh i think yeah you could definitely pull pull it off you know like eminem did in eight mile he started cussing himself to put him off and ended that so you could be more nice what are you, what are you suggesting to start off nice and then be more cunning after no just compliment the person as you're telling the joke saying nice things and then flip it like you say oh this person has nice hair has nice like eyes for someone that looks like a horse's ass ah, i like that yeah yeah yeah. cool okay cool nice yeah i'm trying to I've, uh, to think of what other stuff i've done through for like comedy stuff if it, to, to be helpful to people that, that, that are listening but uh yeah videos tiktok uh, instagram uh Oh yeah, I posted stuff on my on my YouTube channel as well. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh yes, and you see those questions you asked me for your brother about the podcast. Yeah, I, I can put you in the direction of a few Facebook groups that could answer his question. Okay. On, on yeah, because he wants to do a podcast. He was asked asking about softwares uh, that people use, and I don't really know. I just participate in them, but I don't do them. I mean, I don't uh, organize them. It's, um, but I did another one with this guy Luke. I'll ask him what he used. Oh, okay. And what else do I know? What? So what, what? What do you plan to do once this is all over? What? What is Anushka Rava going to make of herself once this pandemic is over? Where does she see herself in five years' time? <laughs> no, object. What? What are you going to do with yourself? In five years' time, I can tell you at the Apollo. <laughs> that's yeah. the bit. That's the, but what's maybe five years is too short. No, five years comedy seller in New York. I think comedy seller in New York is a good plan. And in ten years Apollo. Actually. We could do bigger. Um let's be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not good. Like cause I no, I was just saying how Tony Robbins, whatever, like makes you Unleash the power within. So yeah, it should be more um, uh, uh, ambitious. So what's bigger? I don't know. What's bigger than Apollo? What can I do? Fucking arena? No. <laughs> why not? If you yeah. don't think you can do it, if you, huh? think you can do it, why not? He used to he used to stop you. He used to say, who 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 here is God, and to tell you to say that you can't do this or that you should do this and that. You're your Marvin, wow. Can you be my uh, angel here and having that voice all the time helping me through stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Guardian angel. Well, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. If, if, if your friends or your family tell you that you can't do this and that, a lot of the times it's because they're not doing the thing themselves. Or, they're, they're, or they're, they, can't, they don't see things as you see it. Mm. But... Um, yeah. So what what's what what do you what you planning to do in the short term? What's what do you want to? So you it's good that you've been doing that. I like that. I like to hear people that have made use of the time because I find it's I find it a bit strange when someone says, "Oh, I got nothing to do. I'm bored of this and that." Because I I've just seen it as a big massive opportunity to learn a lot, to get so many different things done that I didn't have time to think of or do before. So this yeah. is a, this is a ample opportunity to make the most of it. This isn't. What else are you going to do? Just wither and die? Yeah, that's when the mental strength 
has to be there. Yeah. I hope I can, you know, just continue my job as an actress whenever things start again and also doing stand-up whenever venues open. My gig as well. <laughs> yeah, Instant Laughs and Hammersmith, let's do this. Plus, it's not too far from my place, actually, so yeah. I'd love to. You need follow as well. You know, huh? like the, the visualization thing. You can you can walk over there and do, like like envisage it, take little bits of it. Boom. Yeah. What about you, Marvin? Do you have any plans? Oh yeah, you said Gaudier next June, but yeah. Oh, there's lots of things to do. So I've been. I want to try and. Um, I've got another show that I want to do apart from the head quiz. I've been trying to speak to a lot of improvisers to try and get advice in it, but. Oh, I'm um, part of an improv group. If you need, I'm part of Improbotics. Okay, so I could could I message you my idea and yeah. tell me your I'm doing honest. an online uh, improv show actually on the sixth and seventh of June and then twentieth and twenty first of June with the Paris uh, Fringe uh, Improv Fringe. Okay, maybe improv, you the Paris Improv Festival. Or yeah, you could send me the link for it and I could let people yeah, know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is uh, yeah, that's one thing I'm doing. I. I've got, uh, yeah, I, as, as I said, I've seen it as a big ample time. Like I've watched, just, you know, I can watch a lot of podcasts. That's what I've been doing a lot. I've been learning French, improving it. It's a bit funny. You see, the thing is, you said about how leaving your parents' house got you out of your comfort zone. Because I know you speak English. I thought what I'll do is I'll speak to you in English and then start switching into French. But I've just got carried away of it. And I've sort of shun away from doing it in French. <laughs> wanted to do it in French. Yeah, because I thought it would oh, be no, funny. I could have. I didn't know that was the point. I thought some of, like, some parts, whatever, you would speak French, but you wanted to do the whole thing in French? Yeah, I thought it would be funny because I, my French isn't that good, so it would be funny to see me get it wrong. And then I was going to... So let's do the last few minutes in French or whatever, if you want. Tu veux qu'on continue en français? But then, the, then you need to do subtitles. No, but it would be funny to see me get it wrong. <laughs> okay. Donc, vas-y, vas-y, dis ça en français. C'est ce que tu dis là. Oui, oui, oui. Non, mais c'est drôle de te voir rater, c'est ça, tu veux dire? Um, Pouvez-vous m'aider? <laughs> m'aider. Oui, je peux t'aider. Je peux t'aider. Qu'est-ce que tu veux? Qu'est-ce que... Pourquoi puis-je t'aider? Um, it's, wait a minute. Let me think of this. Uh, un, un minute. Um, Keller Etil. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to do in French? You need to have at least some basis. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to like be yeah, no, no, it's fine. Capturing I'm, and diminishing your abilities, but I like, thought it would be funny. That's why. That's why I thought I'd do it in French because I thought it'd be funny and entertaining seeing me get it wrong. But you need to be able to start a sentence. Ah! <laughs> 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 uh, Before getting it wrong, you need to try something. And like in minutes, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> one minute. That's not you know difficult. But okay, Evazi, continue. Um, what's it called? And what did you say in French? I didn't get that bit. <laughs> J'ai dit continue, continue. Uh, no, before that. Oh, what did I say in French? Kavan, Kavan. Huh? Before that, never mind. 
Bon, alors, je ne sais plus ce que j'ai dit. Alors, on va la tête. Euh, mais vas-y, euh, en quoi puis-je t'aider? I said, en quoi puis-je t'aider? means, uh, how can I help you? Ah, oui. Um... But it's quite formal. Like, en quoi puis-je t'aider? Uh, no, it's, uh, you would say, like, qu'est-ce que tu veux, quoi? J'ai besoin une maison, s'il vous plaît. Ah ben oui, hein, je crois qu'on voudrait tous une maison, en fait. C'est cool. Euh, avec quoi comme maison, hein? C'est cool combien? <rire> Très cher. Trop cher, mon Dieu. Quel, quel, tu veux, euh, quelle taille, la maison? Quelle taille? Which, uh, what, what's the size? Like, what's, how many square feet? Or like, whatever. Combien de mètres carrés? C'est 12 en euh, mètres. C'est 12 en mètres. 12 mètres carrés? <laughs> That's small. So maybe you can afford that. I don't know. Yeah. Pourquoi? Une chambre de bonne, ok, une chambre de bonne is 9 mètres carrés. 9 uh, square meters. So you could afford that. C'est vrai ça? Oui, c'est vrai. Pourquoi? <laughs> Pourquoi? Chambre de bonne. Do you know what a chambre de bonne is? Chon Pouvez-vous répéter? Chambre de bonne. Oh, chamber. Ha, chamber of. Um... Non, well, not chamber, like room. A room, une chambre. Oh, yes, yes, room, yeah. Oh, the, the bathroom. The bathroom. No. No. The bun is a maid in French. Oh. No, okay, so bun, bun. Okay, so bun means a maid and she's fuckable. Oh. So in bun, bun is a fuckable maid. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> God, how's the maid? I don't know. Um, uh, c'est uh, moine, um, Do you know what a moine is? Smaller. No, moine, moine is smaller. A moine is a clergyman, like a, a moine, uh, you know, they, they have like these weird... Oh! <laughs> But like weird haircut or how do you say moine? Yeah, I think yeah. Moine, so moine. Oh, moine. I think you're trying to say moine, moine. Moine, c'est moine. Um... But it's good that you didn't say moine because it's complicated. There's an S at the end of moine. Oh, okay. So moine. Moine, moine, moine is N E and moine is N S. Don't ask. C'est moins un I, un A. C'est moins A. A. The I. What's I in French? Un I. Un I. <laughs> What were you saying? A? Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> C'est moins A. Yeah, we. That's the thing. So I couldn't even think of how like an English person would pronounce a a a. Yeah, because for me it's like normal a o e i l a. But if you, 
I'm like, how on earth does anyone learn French? Oh, E-I-L-A. You gotta know that shit. Like, if you're an English person reading O-E-I-L, I'd be like, oil, oil. The way yeah. you the way you read it, it's like it sounds like bloody oil. It looks like oil. It should be said oil. And it's a. Oh. Interdite. In, how do you say it's forbidden? <laughs> interdit. 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 Man, we should do a, a double act. Like all the stuff that you think the, that the way they're pronounced and I, I correct you or something like that. Like, a is, is so funny. It'd be fu quite funny. <laughs> yeah, just a five minute set. Like you come in and, or like I can do your intro if you're doing a, a half an hour show or whatever. <laughs> do two minutes. Marvin, Marvin. That'd be funny. Uh, yeah, no, I never thought about that. It's really hard for you guys. What, what did you, what did you think when you, um, What did you think when you went into the English speaking gigs in Paris? Oh, well, it was quite, there was a mix um, of like, so French, um, French people who tried out uh, English material and there were Americans um, and Swedish and it was quite international. It was really nice. There's a, yeah, a mix of, of everything. It was good. Very international. It wasn't only like British or Americans. There was, People like the Germans trying to perform in in, uh, in English, you know. Uh, Le comédie est um, perf et français uh, ou uh, anglais? What's your? There's no question. No, wait a minute. Um, Est-ce que tu préfères um, comédie? Oh, English or French? Um, anglais. Ou la comédie française. So I grew up watching French and Americans and, and English, all of the. So yeah, because basically my dad, you know, always lived in London, so I would go with him, and he would like watch Monty Python and like super British stuff. But then, so in Paris, I was like, well, in France, I would watch Elie Kaku, Elie Moon, uh, Gad Elmaleh. Uh, Michel Lev, like super French uh, comedians uh, from like the 90s and uh, oh I also watched like super old comedians like Raymond DeVos I love all the play on words that he used to do like the old old guys Coluche you know but then I would I would also watch Americans so I I'm really I've always been blessed with being bilingual since I was a kid so I, I was exposed to many types of, of comedies but I feel like I like the physicality that the French comedians have uh, versus Americans that are very sturdy, you know, very like Lucy K, deadpan, straight, blah, blah, blah. Um, I love watching Gad Elmaleh. I just saw him at, um, at the Le uh, Leicester Square um, Theater here in London in March. He was oh. doing uh, work in progress yeah, yeah, in French. Um, that was really nice. Um, but uh, what do I want to say? No, you kind of uh, get inspired by different people, but I would say um, definitely, so performing in English, but with not, people get confused because I don't have a French accent, but I feel like my attitude towards things and my point of views are quite French. And so that, that throws people off. So 
I was almost wondering, at the beginning, I was like, should I do a character like Marcel Luçon does? Like, he's super British, but he pretends to be French, like he puts on a French accent. You know who Marcel Luçon is? Yeah, he, he did uh, Golia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Marcel. Uh, I, I met him. He's really cool. But I, I knew he was not French because his accent was so thick that it didn't sound authentic. But I didn't mind because I thought he really nailed the French-like attitude. So I like that character. But so I was thinking, should, should I try to just do my material with a, with a French accent because that's what people would expect from a French girl. They don't expect a French girl to speak the way I do just because I grew up, you know, in, in bilingual schools. So I don't have a French accent. So that was at the beginning, just like positioning yourself and like, oh, then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to be myself. This is how I speak. So voila, just deal with it. Not all the French people speak like frogs, you know? Um, so I have a French point of view with me speaking like the way I speak with like an international accent. Um, so yeah, I think I have more of a French opinion on, on things than, than, than uh, well, obviously American, I didn't grow up there. Um, but so your question was like, if, who I prefer, I couldn't tell. I don't, there's no, there's stuff that I take from everyone. You know, there's no one, I love Jerry Seinfeld, I'm not gonna lie. Like I saw his show last year at the, um, at the Apollo, I was by myself and I just had an, a comedy lesson, yeah. Were you in the front row like me? I was in the third row. Oh my, I may have, look, this is, I'll show you. I, I saw him, um, I was there with him, um, yeah, last year. I was right in the front row of one of my friends. Wow, lucky you. There was no front row seat left, because I just, I just know, like, I found out on the day. I was like, fuck, let me see, is there a last minute ticket? And I was like, okay, cool. And I went by myself and I had the best time. <laughs> And then five months later, I'm in, in Paris at the Barbès Comedy Club, and he's there performing, and I went on just after him. Did you speak to him? Yeah, I was in the green room with him. Like, that, that like, shit happens only, like, after like, 10 years of doing comedy. I was like, what is happening? It just was so, like, serendipitous. I don't know. Like, I, I had booked my tickets to go to Paris, um, a week before, and I was like, oh, yeah, and it, it was cheap tickets. I said, okay, let's go. And then I'm in the green room, and uh, one other comedian, Kim Bisgaino, a uh, really great, you know Kim? Have you met her? She's in the English um, performers in, in, oh, in Canadian one woman. Canadian I've woman. Yeah, yeah. She's great. So she's like, yeah, uh, apparently Jerry Seinfeld's going to come. I was like, yeah, good joke. Two minutes later, I see Jerry Seinfeld and get him, and they walked in the bloody green room. Both of them. <laughs> Both. Both, because basically Jerry Seinfeld was performing. Uh, Jerry asked Gadin Malay, oh, uh, where, where can I perform on a Sunday evening in English? Like, I just want to perform in Paris. Because he was in Paris um, to celebrate his uh, 20th anniversary, um, wedding anniversary. And so he was just in Paris for two days with his wife and, um, and other family members. And so he was, and so here I am with Gadin Malay. And like, who's my French favorite uh, comedian? And Jerry Seinfeld. And I'm like, oh my god, I can die right now. <laughs> Literally, uh, they're like my two best, like one of my yeah, w within like my two favorite comedians. Um, and so yeah, uh, that was a uh, memorable night. So I'm with I'm with Jerry Seinfeld in the in the green room, and he's so humble. I was like, what? 
So here I was five months before alone, just watching like this. And just five months later, I'm here just performing after. And I was like, what is this life? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, and I will always remember all my life. He went on off stage and then he patted me on the shoulder. He's like, have a good show. <gasps> oh my God. So I will remember these words. Every time I go on stage now, I think about these words. He doesn't know it because I don't like talk to him uh, well i just saw him once but yeah but what, what what did they both say to you did you get in contact with them have you well uh, no so yeah it, it was crazy because so we we got to talk for uh, like a, half an hour 45 minutes because it was only us waiting that the show started and there was a few comedians before us going on so he was asking me what i was up to and what i was you know where i was going to perform next so i was telling him about the edinburgh show that i was planning to do this was just in February this year, and uh, or end of January, February. And, uh, and I was telling him about how I was planning to do that. And then Gadel Mali was like, oh, yeah, I did it. Oh, my God. Uh, it was so complicated because you have to, like, distribute flyers. And you're like, and he said in French, like, uh, no, how do you say? No, he said, uh, yeah, oh, you're, like, selling your stuff. You're like, yeah, come and see my balls, whatever, in the show. <laughs> you know, like, saying how it's complicated because there's so many shows going on. Uh, but so finally, yeah, I get him and I did the, the fringe. Uh, I don't know when, but yeah, he did it at some point. And just uh, the nicest people. And I told him, oh, you know, um, I'm surprised that you ventured yourself here because as Fox News, Fox News would, say, would say, this is the no-go zone. <laughs> and so he used that on stage after when he went on. He was like, oh, apparently I'm in the no-go zone. I'm being adventurous or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we just spoke about that. What are we... Um, and yeah, I told him that I saw, had seen him at the Apollo. He was like, oh, yeah, that was a really fun show. Super, yeah, just chatted for 45 minutes. It was great. Oh. Memorable moment. What's, um, so how did it work? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. He, it's he, just luck, yeah. man. I mean, when would you think that would ever happen in your wildest dreams? Like, I... Nuts. That is, yeah, that is incredible. I mean, that, both of them. Well, they'll like, remember. Can you imagine? I'm just like one year in, one year and a half or whatever, one year and a half, yeah, whatever. And then Jerry Seinfeld gets off, and then Sebastian Marks, I love this guy, he's amazing. He organizes the New York Comedy Nights, and he says, Thank you, give it up for Jerry Seinfeld. And then just next is me. So he goes, And Welcome, your next comedian, Anushka Rava. I, when would I even imagine that these two names would be together <laughs> ever? You know what I mean? Did God, God get up as well? God no, 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 he didn't. No, no, he just brought um, Jerry to perform. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, it's just an anecdote, you know? Like, it's, it's just, it was a great moment, but I mean... That didn't. I mean, it's not these things that would ever help or what. You know, it's just good to, um, to basically desacralize de as well. This these people because you. It, I mean, I, I admire them. They're still my idols. But I'm just saying how it was. Some. It's also good sometimes to just um, be able to realize that these people are just human beings who just work their asses off to be where they are and all you need to do is work. So that's reassuring at the same time because it just makes your dreams a bit more palpable because if you 
if they're so far and you see the pe these people on Netflix, you're like, oh, how am I ever going to get there? And then just to have that notion of like, girl, you got to work. What do you do? You work. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not magic. And of course, there's a like chance that comes in this, into place, but you got to provoke those chances. Like I would not have met Jerry Seinfeld if I hadn't started stand up and if I hadn't booked a, that gig that evening. So that was also a chance, but that chance only ha happened, materialized because I asked to perform that evening, you know? So you gotta make actions happen and then chance can arrive. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll tell you a funny story. This is, this is not reflecting me in a good light, but I'm a very bad audience member as a comedian. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just, and the thing is, I've, this has happened to me about four or five times. When it gets late in the evening and I'm watching a show, I've actually fought close to falling asleep at times. <laughs> Shit. And I, yeah, I've done that a few times. And I saw such long evenings. People don't know, but it's like you got to watch two hours of shows five times a week. <laughs> yeah, that's I did that when I was when I in October. I went to the New York thing. I was sat, I, I, I didn't mean to do it, but it just happened. I was trying to, and then then um, what's it called? Yeah, I was hoping no one noticed me, but they all noticed me. <laughs> oh, man. Because were you sitting at the front row? Near it, yeah. <gasps> That's bad. If I know that I feel a little tired, I kind of get hit to the back. I think I should have made what, what I should have done. I made the mistake, but it's just, yeah, it happens. <laughs> they have the same system as they have in England, like the bringer stuff in the States? Because I, I only went... When I was in LA, I went to the comedy store, but I've never, I, I've never asked to perform there. And I, yeah, because I was just on holidays. But um, like, do they have that system there? Or you can just just show up, or no, you have to go and pop luck, and you have where they they put your name out of a bucket, and then it's the same with the Laugh Factory as well. And then there's a Kill Tony where they also may pick you out, and you you basically that you do your set for one minute, and they roast you. And then if you're lucky, you may get to do a spot at the comedy store. Oh, wow. I don't know why I said because I was on holidays. Even if I'm on holidays, of course I want to perform on a bloody comedy store. It's just that I didn't. It was, it was Christmas and there was no, nowhere to perform, really. It was, so there was a comedy store on the 24th. And they would only book people that they know, obviously. Hmm. But I would just love to perform there one day. That'd be cool. <laughs> At, yeah, the comedy seller would be a dream. Can you imagine? Oh, there's so much work to be done, Marvin. Oh, just gotta keep faith. I tell you what, though, when you're when you're working, even in this time, you, you, some of your friends get annoyed with you. You're right about that. I've I've so you've said that you're worried about what's it called friends or that. I've I've had a few instances where I've been quite busy. So, really. Uh, so I, and some people, some of my friends have been funny with me because of it. Why? I don't know. They're they, jealous? Huh? They're jealous? I don't know. It's just a bit funny. Like, um, you can't exp I, yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes some, some, some people have, I'm not too sure what, 
I think they misunderstood it for, for other things, maybe. But it's just sometimes when you're working things, people get the wrong idea, I think. And they just... There's one thing that I was thinking, because there's work and work is like, are you being productive or just like, you know, you can't be productive all the time. Like, for instance, I'm doing all these writing sessions and sometimes I'll be more inspired by others than other times. So I'm just trying to think, okay, how can you do productive work? Because <laughs> the this babbling stuff, okay, but then because there's there's no end result in what we're doing at the moment you know it's like okay online gigs but what's the end result so i'm like i can't i can't that's one of my things it's like how can i be productive um because doing many things okay is one thing then okay makes you think that you're busy but it's, it's are you just being busy keeping busy or are you being productive that's something else what, what's going on at the moment there's a lot of things i'm working on but I am taking the time to try and review things as well. I do feel that it, I have been working quite hard, but I do try and analyze that. No, it's just that I feel there's a lot of work need to be done. And like, there's a time in the day that I'd like to chat, but I don't want to be chatting all the time. I, I get distracted very easily. If I'm with my friends or if I'm interacting with anyone, then yeah. I'll, I'll quickly get off and I'll stop doing what I'm doing. So yeah. I have to be strict to maybe about an hour a day or certain points in the day that I talk. Other than that, you're not going to get hold of me, whether it be on Facebook or that. Interesting. So you, you just reserve a moment in, of the day. Okay, this is when I'm going to talk. Yes. Like you I, don't have your phone on or like anything distracting. At times, but I'll, I'll ignore it. Like I'll focus on the other thing and leave it away. Because if I start getting into that sort of thing, then I'm going to end up all day just doing silly things so i have to try and have points in a day so if someone messaged me at this time if it's past a certain point then i have to go back to work and i get back to them later that's do you have another, what's your like do you have a day job i didn't even ask like, do i you have, have a day job before i went back to france in january okay and i was going to start a job while i was in paris as a tour guide as well oh. as but then that that stopped Oh, shit. So now I've got nothing else to do just to prepare things for. I think, Thor, I think Thor is in the same situation. He's he's a Norwegian comedian. Uh, he was yeah. a tour guide here in London. Now he's back in Norway, and he he was mentioning the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing to do is to prepare for things when things get better. That's the only thing you can do. Try yeah. and think ahead and think what am I going to do so that I'm yeah. not. Starting so you're ready to like hit the road. When, when things yeah, are better. That's what I've been doing. That's basically what all my work is at the moment. Everything with comedy, the comedy club. The French needs a lot of work. I need to think about it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And then... Uh, I think French, I mean, to be honest, you have to live there to really get the different expressions and nuances, all of that. The one thing I will say with um, with Lecoq, they do it in French, but in um, in uh, in Goli, it's all in English. So you have an oh, English. Oh, that's not helpful. Yeah. Yes, it's and you get too comfortable, and it's a bit like a Buddhist retreat. They're all with each other, and they're not sort of. Because it's the same. I was at the uh, American University of Paris, so the the classes were in English. So all the people came to Paris, but they didn't learn French because they were at school uh, with British, like English speaking students, all the time. So even if they were in Paris for four years, they didn't learn anything. 
So you have to go to like a French school or like a French family only stuck with people who can't speak English, basically. Yeah, I think that's that's basically it. And that's, well, I do want to move over there. I feel like it's sort of unfinished. I want to at least... Really? You want to move to Paris? Well, short term, yeah. To like, to like get a grasp of the language. So you'll be a tour guide in France, but in English for like English people coming in. No, no, not only for the, I wouldn't did it for the money. I want to see if I can get a French job now or something like that. Trying to... What's your degree? Hey, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this, but I did a sort of a... The computing with business. Computing with business? Yeah, let me... Let, let's... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. We've completely gone off the... I can't top. see you do that at all. Okay, sorry. Um, we went off the rails, yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's carry on the chat, but I will turn the recording off and say thank you, Anushka. It's been interesting <laughs> entertaining. Um, thank you very much, Marvin. It was really nice. Cool. <laughs>